If you have a Bible, would you turn with me to uh, Acts chapter 1? And we'll look at this, or begin to look at this great topic. Because Jesus says to his disciples, the last thing he said actually before he went to the Father and ascended, he said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall, you shall be my witnesses. Are you one of these people who see how far you can go in a car when the fuel gauge is on zero? Perhaps you're not, perhaps you're not, but your husband is, I know, yeah. But, you know, I used to have several motorbikes and we used to, <laughs> I found it's far easier to put petrol in than pushing them. I spent a long while pushing motorbikes because um, it's just as cheap to run them a tank full as empty, but cars, motorbikes need petrol. They can't do without them. Likewise, we need oxygen. If you're ever in London, I often run in for a train up to Marylebone and there's two escalators and, you know, you go on the left, left side and you, you, I say run, that's not true. You walk very quickly up the left side. By the time you get to the second escalator, you have what is known, well I do, as oxygen debt. You stop. <laughs> But, you know, we do need oxygen. I was watching the film the other day about Everest, the 1996 tragic um, expedition, which was in a book, Into Thin Air. And th- there was a storm coming, and, and they were looking for oxygen. They found a cache of oxygen cylinders, and the guy said to them, these oxygen cylinders are empty. Whether he was anoxic, I'm not sure, but actually he was lying because they were full. And the sad thing was when the storm came, they couldn't cope. And nine died. Very a great tragedy. That was over 26,000 feet. But we all need oxygen. All the time. Automobiles need petrol. And what Jesus is saying. And what we, would, what we have to say. Is we need the Holy Spirit. All the time. We cannot. You can't cope without the Holy Spirit. And Jesus is saying that. Now these disciples. They were happy lads. You know, that Jesus has been raised, that Jesus has been raised. They were thrilled and, and he'd been with them. They were, and, and then Jesus ascended to the Father and they were still happy. He says, they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they, they stayed continually at the temple praising God. They weren't miserable people hiding away, no. For 10 days, they were full of joy and worshiping God. But Jesus' final words to them, and his words to us this morning, he said to them, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me talk about. For John baptized with water. You remember John, you went to the Jordan and he baptized you in the water right under. Well, he said, in a few days' time, you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and you will receive power. And you'll be my witnesses. You'll bear witness to what I'm talking about. And you will experience the power of God. Now, the great danger is we can come to a place like this and be a member. And we can talk a lot about the Holy Spirit. 
You know, if you're a, an announcer at London Heathrow and you can, all day long you're announcing the flight, you, know, you have to hold your arm, they hold the nose all out. So, sounds like that. And, uh, you know, the flight leaving at, to Mogadishu from gate 29 is about, the gate's closing or the flight to Miami is leaving from this and, you know, please be in the, this is a final call. And all day long you're talking about Moscow and I don't know, different places, New York. Sydney, and you could go home thinking you've been there, and all you've done is talk about them. You've never been. The great danger is the Holy. We can talk about the Holy Spirit. You can do a degree on the Holy Spirit and not experience Him, and that's what Jesus. You, he's, you have to experience Him. Now, Jesus. If I had time to read that first paragraph, we'd see that between is. Resurrection and his ascension, he talked about one thing. One thing. He didn't do miracles. One thing you've got to get in your head. The kingdom of God. The rule of God. He is the king. Your task is to go and make men and women submit to the rule of God. And the the name of the king is Jesus. When people submit to his rule and order their lives under his sovereignty, they will experience forgiveness, they will experience peace, joy, certainty, direction, love, all these things. It all depends. You know, if you about the kingdom of God, you're going to tell them. But they say, well, that's great, wonderful, they're all excited, Jesus is king, and he's proved it, he's been raised from the dead. But will they listen? Will they listen? That's the problem in Britain, will they listen? Well, says Jesus, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. What's the Spirit going to do? You see, it's not just going to come and make us feel woof and have great, you know, rave ups in that building. I've been to Yellowstone Park in in um, Montana in, in USA, and you know they have all these geysers, geysers, whatever you call them, and they. Um, the sort of volcanic rocks underneath spew these things up and it's wonderful and you wait for them one's old faithful where it goes and they oh wonderful and, they, and, and it can be like that or else actually if you go to New Zealand they have the same sort of problems not problems but geological situation where there's hot water and streams bubbling geysers bubbling up and they've channeled that into the, the grid to serve the nation for electrically, you know, or in that location anyway. Now, the point is that Jesus says you're going to receive power, not just have a rave up together, but that you might be my witnesses throughout the world. Now then, that's what it's about. See, the church is God's method for reaching a lost world. People are going to hell. They're lost. They have hope unless they make their peace with the living God before they die. And our task is to go and witness that Jesus come, has come and made that possible. We are, God's, we are God's method to do that. Not because we're interested, people are interested in spirituality or we like singing songs and hearing talks. No, no. But actually, because this, we stand for the truth of the living God and we have known something of his love and power and that's what it's about, you see. Nothing, nothing else substitutes for the Holy Spirit. Nothing. You can have great speakers, eloquence. Nothing substitutes for the Holy Spirit. 
You can have a wealthy church, affluent, nothing substitutes. You can have great buildings, great cathedrals, great auditoria, nothing substitutes. You can have great eloquence, nothing substitutes. You can have strong natural leaders, nothing substitutes. You can have great whatever. Great academia, great scholarship in the halls of the universities, but nothing will substitute but the presence of the Holy Spirit. And that's what it's about. And that's what Jesus is saying. Now, the Holy Spirit, he is a person, just as Jesus is a person. Jesus is just like me. He's not a force. Now, sometimes, you know, we, we use, he's like a wind, fire, or a river. These are just illustrations of how he works, trying to describe how this unseen person works, the effects of his working. But... Um, God himself sends and moral ends as a person. And through him, you will achieve spiritual ends and moral ends. and th- Your life will be sh- shaped for good. Now, it's an offer this, my friend. It's not a demand. Please hear that. You can go across the road to a certain bookshop, which will be nameless, and you can see all the self-help books. And I'll be in a bookshop tomorrow, if, unless my wife can keep me out of it. Um, you know, and, you can, and you can troll the bookshops, and you can see these books, and you know about... It's all self up. Wake up the giant within you, you know? And uh, find truth. Turn to your inner potential or, you know, learn to think creatively. I'm all, I'm not against all that, Tosh, you know, because I think, (laughs) no, I think psychologically it has certain benefits for a while. It should come with its own millstone, actually. That's another story. But But actually, it doesn't work in the long run. And you don't have to go that way because we're offering you something greater and better and more wonderful. God says this is to help you live this short, transitory life you're in. And boy, we need help. Now then, he comes. You see, you can't get anywhere apart from the Holy Spirit. People say, well, just make a decision or a commitment. You can't do that with the Holy Spirit. Paul says to Ephesians, you who were dead... In your trespass and sin. You, you were inert spiritually. You couldn't do anything. You couldn't do anything. You were dead. You didn't think spiritually. I remember a professor at a university in America, well, a Bible seminary, he used to take his students out every year and he took them to this graveyard and he said, What I want you to do is raise the dead. Just walk around the graves and raise the dead. Well, it wasn't all that successful. And they, he did it with a purpose. Because he said, when, I want you, when you go out to preach, you men, I want you to know that you need the Holy Spirit to make a Christian, to raise them from the dead. Every Christian is a miracle of grace. The person next to you is a miracle of grace if they're a Christian. God has raised them from the dead. Everybody needs that. It's, there's no naturally, nobody's born spiritual, nobody's born a Christian, right? You have to be raised from the dead. Only God can make a Christian. But Paul says to Ephesians, you, he has made alive. Let me just quote a great story I, I always liked about. This guy was a vicar in, in Cornwall last century. And uh, anyway, let me tell you his story. Let me read it. He said, I went to the pulpit and gave out my text. I don't remember what I, all I said, or, but I felt a wonderful light and joy come into my soul. Whether it's something in my words or my manner or my look, I don't know. But all of a sudden... A local preacher, a lay preacher, who happened to be in the congregation, stood up and put his arms 
up, shouted in a Cornish manner, the parson's converted, the parson's converted, hallelujah. And in a moment, and, and in a moment, the, 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 his voice was lost in the shouting and praise of three or four hundred in the congregation. Instead of rebuking this extraordinary brawling, as I should have done in former times, I joined in. In the outburst of praise. And to make it more orderly, I gave out the doxology. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. And the people sang it with heart and voice over and over again. My churchmen were dismayed. And many of them fled precipitously from the place. Still the voice of praise went on and on. And was swelled by numbers of passers-by who came into the church, greatly surprised to hear and see what was going on. When this subsided, I found at least 20 people crying for mercy, whose voices had not been heard in the excitement and the noise of thanksgiving. So even vicars need converting, my friend. <laughs> we all, we, you know, it, it happens, we all need bringing to life. And the next thing he does, the spirit comes with his power. First of all, he brings that. And then our eyes are opened. I, I, I have to take drops of my eyes. And I was whinging to, the, I, I, you won't believe that, but I was. And I, I went to the optician, dear lady, and I said, oh, just these drops, morning, noon, and night, you know. And she said to me, it's a small price to pay for your sight. And I felt duly rebuked. And she was just very gracious. But you know, Jesus has died on the cross, the Son of God, that the Spirit might be given, that you, your eyes might be opened. And Jesus says, when he comes, he will lead you into all truth. And he does. He leads us into all truth. And we see, we see that we're... We're not as clever and as, as smart as we are. We are selfish people. We're inward looking. We're mean. We're greedy. We're lustful. We're, there's, a, all, there's a manner of wild things in our side if, if people would find out. And we, how can we stand before a holy God? And, we, and then we, realize, we see that he died for us. Tis mystery all. The mortal dies. Who can, it's amazing. Amazing grace. We see it. Our eyes are open. Previously, well, it's just a song to sing. But we see it. And our eyes are open. And, um, and we, we are changed. And, and daily we, 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 we seek this forgiveness. But Jesus says here, and the, the Holy Spirit does many more things we haven't time to talk about. But the, he, says, you will re, he says, you will be baptized in a few days' time with the Holy Spirit. Right? Now let's be clear. These people, these 11 men, Judas has gone by, you understand? These, well, Matthias has come in, but they, 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 were, they were followers of Jesus. Jesus says, you are clean through the word I've spoken to you. They had believed, they had followed him, they'd given it all to follow him. They had been out in the country. They had cast out demons, they had healed the sick. They had, they had a power to some degree, oh, but they were Christians. Their names are written in the book of life, but he's saying there is more. Now, this is what we're saying. You need power for living. If you forget everything else, this is for you this morning. I'm not saying you're going to get this power. He will give you this power in his time. As you seek him, he will, he will honor his word. But this is for you, right? And he, he, he comes upon us. And the Holy Spirit shows us 
with God's love, his wisdom, his power, and above all, the beauty and the glory and the wonder of this person, Jesus. The surpassing greatness, as Paul calls it, of Christ. We see, we see him. And um, now, Christy, the, the thing also, Christine, I want to know if you know anything about this love. I'm not talking about what John has said and the preacher said. What do you know in your hearts? You know, can you sing the psalm, Oh, love divine, how sweet thou art? What's, this, what's the hymn right talking about? You see, it's one thing to make a commitment, and that's essential, and to believe the stuff. And that's great. You have to do that. It's one thing also to know forgiveness, and, and that's a great part of the gospel, and we rejoice in it, that Christ would come and die for you. Son of God loved me and gave himself on, on the cross for you. It's, it's wonderful that you might become a child of God. It's wonderful to know that should you die, as our dear friend Rachel has that you will go immediately into the nearer glorious presence of Jesus. But it's more than that. It's knowing that love of God. You remember when the, the prodigal son comes back from the far country and the father runs to meet him and he puts his arms around him and he kisses him, he kisses him, he kisses him. He doesn't think, does my dad love me? He knows. He knows. And the Spirit is given that you might know that you're loved. You think, well, nobody loves me. Well, you need to be baptized and filled with the Spirit. You might know you're loved. Nobody would love me. Well, surprising, God might love you. Right? And that you might know the adoring love of God. There's nothing in you to attract Him. The prodigal still smelled of pigs, I'm sure. But He loves you. And he wants you to know this. Well, I made a commitment. Well, this is just the beginning. And, and let me say this. I was baptized 50 years ago. I'm so hungry for more if we'll come to it. We ain't finished yet, my friends. God is not into rationing, right? God has poured his love into our hearts, says the Spirit, says Paul in Romans. By those, poured, not like these drips, drip, 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 drip. No, no. Poured his love lavishly like a mountain stream. That's what it's about. I commend you, read the biographies of the saints through the centuries. This is what it's all about. We're not the first generation to discover the Holy Spirit. No, no. We're only just discovering him. No, no. You see, what do you know about this? And you see, it's, 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 it's something you know and experience. You see, if I... Imagine my wife our wedding vow, she says this, I want you to, I want, I vow to be your wife, to be faithful to you, to submit to you. Don't, so, I don't expect to experience my love. I'm not into experience. I don't want our marriage to be based on experience. Oh, and I won't expect to feel your love either. I will simply believe that you love me. I will stand faithfully on the words of this covenant every day. But I will not expect, nor will I pursue experience in our relationship. Well made. Marriages are not based on love. They are based on the vows you have made. But actually any marriage worth its salt is filled with love, reciprocal love, daily from each other. Experience. 
I used to go to a, a dentist in Edinburgh as a student. This dentist, bless him, um, he would not give a local anesthetic to male students having a filling. He used to say, look, I'm ch- can't you, my lad. You don't need a f- inch. Saving money for the NHS, I suppose. <laughs> and then he would say, you won't feel anything. Let me tell you, my friends. He was what we call a liar. I want to tell you this. You are meant to experience the love of God. Now, I'm not saying we should scramble after experiences. But I am saying that in the deepest places of your heart, you must know the love of God. You must know the presence of God. A.W. Tozer, the American prophet, said, No man can be filled with the Holy Spirit without knowing it. No, you have to know this. Now, I know some days it's a, it's a drift place, it's a hard place, it's life. But this, we, the, these moments are meant to sustain us as we know the power. I remember I was, I was in the bookshop the other day and I saw this book, I read it years ago, Brother, The Heavenly Man by, by, by Brother Yun. He'd been in a constant uh, sort of Chinese prison camp for years. And he wanted to witness. But he, he, he's looking at this text, uh, I... Acts two, Acts one eight, and he, he didn't know he didn't know what it meant. He was meditating on it. You will receive power when the Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be my witnesses. And he says, I wasn't sure who the Holy Spirit was, and so I always oh, a good thing. I ran, I ran and asked my mother. She couldn't explain, and she said, Why don't you pray and ask God for the Holy Spirit, just like you prayed for the Bible? It's a great story that how he got, his, got a Bible. But anyway. I pray to the Lord, I need the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm willing to be your witness. After that prayer, God's spirit of joy fell upon me. A deep revelation of God's love and presence flooded my being. I've never enjoyed singing before, but many new songs of worship flowed from my lips. There were words I had never learned before. I later wrote them down and they used them in the house churches. But that's it. That's just one man. Many of us could testify. I could give you thousands of testimonies. The same thing. But God comes. All I'm saying, my friends, there is more. There is more. The psalmist in 85 says, Restore us again, Lord. Don't you need restoring the, the joy that you had in the early Christian life, the joy that were first filled with the Spirit? There's more. I remember reading years ago and hearing Martin Lloyd-Jones, who was at Westminster Chapel, and he challenged us. He went through the churches this phrase. Because I was in a denomination, they wouldn't like that word, but you know, they said, well, you've got it all in Christ. You don't need any more. You've got it all. And Lloyd-Jones says this, got it all? I simply ask you in the name of God, why then are you as you are? If you've got it all in the name of God, why are you so unlike the New Testament Christians? Got it all? Got it all at your conversion? Well, where is it, I ask you? I really struck me. Got it all. It got me hungry. Because I thought, you know, we've got it all. I don't want to go down that route. Got it all? No. There is more, my friends. There is more. I want you to know that. You know, 50 odd years ago, I... I first kissed my wife. We were both eight. No, that's not true. <laughs> no. I, 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 in Edinburgh, I kissed my, my... Well, we weren't married then. 
I tell you, that was great. That was really great. But I want to tell you this, 50 and many more years on, it gets better and better. That was just the beginning. And it got better and it gets better. And it's the same with the Lord. I rejoice at my conversion in Edinburgh. But it gets better. God, God comes, you know. I remember my, my, my good friend, the Bishop David Peaches, they asked him, do you believe in a second blessing then? He said, yes, it comes between the first and the third blessing. <laughs> my friends, God's not into you know, drip feed. My friend, he comes, right? Appreciate that. God's not into rationing. Now, I know that in Christ we have everything. I appreciate that. But I'm, we have not all that he wants to give us. We're talking about the living God. An unlimited, divine, almighty person. We have all in Christ, but we've only received fragments. What we've received is just piecemeal. He wants to give us a fullness. At the end of our days, we'll only be at the edge of his race. After a million years in, in heaven, we'll still be at the edges of knowing the glory of God. You'll never come in inexhaustible glory of God. You'll never tire of it. The angels never tire of it. It's, this is just a taste. This is a foretaste. Mustn't go down that one, John. Sorry about that. But um, well, that's where it's after. You see, now it's not you know, just scrabbling after experience. I appreciate that. And when he comes, Jesus says, he will bring glory to me. You see, remember Acts 2. They were filled with the Spirit. Boom. And the 3,000 were converted. That's it. No, no. In Acts 4, it comes again. The place where they, they were meeting was shaken. And they were all filled for you grammarians. Aris tense, point tense. They were filled with the Holy Spirit for that moment, for that time. And they spoke the word of God boldly. And he comes and he brings glory to Christ. That's what he does. Right? Now, Jesus says, you, what's the point of it? Jesus says, look, you shall be my witnesses. It's not to give us a funny feeling, a fuzzy feeling. That's wonderful. I feel funny. Neither is, it is that we might speak in tongues. That's fine. I thank God I speak in tongues and it's great. It's wonderful. But ultimately, it is that we might be witnesses to him. Right? In this perverse and crooked generation. Why are they not listening to us out there, my friends? Well, probably because we're not speaking, but also because there must be something about us. We need to be filled. There's a famous seaside resort called Blackpool, renowned for its fresh air and fun, you know? But if you've ever been to Blackpool, if you go in October, I recommend it, go in the afternoon, and it's very dull, and very, as the Scots say, dricht. And you've got these gantries, and these electric lightings, and these fittings, and you walk down the, you drive down the promenade, very ordinary. But in the evening, if you're a little boy, it is magic. It is amazing. The millions they've spent for the illuminations. It is splendid. Mile after mile. Now, my friend, the church is like that. The church can be very ordinary. And it is very ordinary because we're ordinary folk. Right? We're a bit like, a, you know, we can just be like a smoldering candle. But when the spirit comes... Then the world has to, I'm not saying the world always runs to our door, but the world has to respond. 
Because the world sees, what is it about you? Have you been drinking? It's only, the pubs are not open, it's only nine in the morning, they said. No, no, the spirit, the, we bear witness with him. That, that, we, you know, that we're children of God. And the spirit comes upon us. Now, my friends, we need this, don't we? For the sake of your family, my friend, you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. That there's something about you. Your people say, what is it about you? This love, what is it? For the sake of this perverse and crooked generation that's going, I don't know where it's going. We need to be filled with the Spirit. In or out of Europe won't make a difference. Labour or Tory won't make a difference. The only thing that will make a difference is the church of Jesus Christ filled with the Spirit of the living God. It's the only thing that's going to make any difference. And that's me and you. Well, I had a great experience. 1972, I know. But that's history, my friends. I need, on the 23rd of February, to be filled with the Spirit. No, I... You know, it's, it's, in some sense, it's within God's sovereign province that when, he, when he comes. I know that. But that's what I long, what you long for. See, we're not, we're not here to condemn the world. We're here to, to bless the world, to save the world, to go out in mercy to a lost generation. Well, going everywhere and nowhere. You know, we, we, that's what the church is for. To live the victorious Christian life. Well, you say, who's, it, who's this for? Well, you remember, Joel says, the prophet, who's it for? Is it, well, no, it's just for the white people. No, just for the black people. No. Jesus says, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all peoples. God is not racist. Not racist. Well, perhaps he's sexist. It's just for men. No, no. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Ah, but it's just for the old people. No, your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. Well, perhaps it's for the clever ones, the, the, the wealthy ones, the elite. No, no, upon your servant, my servants, I will pour out my spirit. God is not racist, ageist, elitist, sexist. I will pour out on all people. That includes you, not the person next to you. Right? That's what it's about. Promises to you, says, and to those who are far off, even... In High Wycombe. I don't know. I do know. <laughs> How do we do it? Quickly. Well, firstly, how do we do it? How, how can we, what, what can we do? Firstly, you have to meditate on the word. My friends, we have to be de- careful we don't ever leave this book. This is the inspired, inerrant, infallible, inscripturated word of God. Jesus says, my words are spirit and life. We often think, we're not, my friends, we're not into a seance, my friends. If you want to find the spirit, you go to the word. You first have faith from the word. It's, it's important that. Faith comes from hearing and hearing from the word of Christ, right? The words that I spoke to Jesus are spirit and life. Now, we don't have to earn it. I'm not saying that. Paul says, does God give the spirit through, through miracle and work miracles because... You know, we observe the law. No, not because we earn it, but because we believe. You heard what you... See, what I'm, I'm so glad John's doing this, reading through the scripture in the year. But I do, I've done that for many, many years. But you, just, you can be very self-righteous and say, I've read my bit, take it off, I've got it all in the back here. i it for years. You have to believe it. In other words, when you read it, you have to say it. Yeah, that's true. Yes, Lord, I believe it. You have to take it up and confess it. 
This morning, I was in Exodus, and, and God says to Moses, you know, um, I will go with you. And Moses, quite graciously or whatever, says, Lord, if you don't go with us, don't carry us up from here. Is it not your being with us that makes us different? In other words, we're not shifting, Lord, if you're not moving. We don't want angels. We don't want to win victories. We want you, Lord. All I'm saying is when you read the word, you have to lift it off this word and you have to confess it. Yes, that's for me. That's true. Don't just read it and say, that's it, I've done it. No, you've got to believe it. I know there are certain bits that don't lend themselves to that. But, you know, you have to work at it, right? And, um, see, that's the first thing. You have to, it starts at the word. The second thing is you have to be obedient. <laughs> Peter says, you know, we are witnesses of these things. And so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. Sorry about that. It is conditional. It is conditional love. Right? Let me quote from our Lord himself. You see? Jesus says, whoever has my commands and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. Do you that? And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and show myself to him. If you want to know an intimacy with God, if you want to know a fullness of God, you have got to obey him. It's profoundly conditional. If you're harsh and cruel with your wife, don't expect to be filled with the Spirit. If you're reading pornography, don't expect to be filled with the Spirit. If you're giving every minute of your time to make a fortune in the city, don't expect to fill the Spirit. Blessed are the pure in heart, the single-minded, for they shall see God. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst. You know what's wrong. If you're not obeying, don't. It is profoundly conditional. But he loves to give him his spirit. But his great desire is you make him, he will make you like himself. The spirit is given that we might obey. And um, you you have to be, if you want this intimacy, which is the greatest thing in the world, you have to do what the Lord says. (laughs) <laughs> the Spirit has given, says Peter, to those who obey him. And the final thing is this. You have to desire this. If any man thirst, let him come to me and drink. Now, I have to confess that my thirst is not very strong. Perhaps today we have to pray, Lord, I've, I need a thirst again. I've lost it. Be with salty people. Get thirsty. You know, you've got to ask. Jesus ask. It's, the tense is present continuous. Ask, keep on asking. I've asked, been asking for months. Go on asking. I remember pursuing this for 18 months. Well, I came to front, nothing happened. Keep on asking. Blessed are they of hunger and thirst, but they shall be filled. Not, well, I'll give it a try. No, no. You seek and you seek and you seek and you knock and you knock and you knock. You know? That's what it's about. You plead with him. You know, let him know your heart. This is what I want. And he will grant you your heart desires. He will manifest himself to you. And he will begin to show you his love. And he will change you. And a light will shine on your countenance. That's how it works. That's true, isn't it? It's what we want. It's what we want for our land, isn't it? Is this the greatest thing that we need for our land is the church? Isaiah says, he says, for you watchmen on the walls, 
Give yourself no rest. Give him no rest until he makes Jerusalem a praise on the earth. The church is a disgrace in Britain. It's a laughing stock. Let them, at least let them fear us and laugh. Lord, give him no rest. Give yourself no rest. That's what he's saying, isn't it? What's it for? Well, my time is gone, but in a couple of weeks' time, we're going to do the out the breathing outreach. So that's I'll just introduce that. The point of it is not that you might be a great sparkler, great light, and you've got you've got the prize for the street lamp of the year. No, 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 no. Is that you are you're a, a, a witness. You lead people to light to Jesus. That's what it's about. You shall be witness of me. And not just here in Wickham, not even, dare I say, in Hazelmere, the far, you know. Now Jesus says, Jerusalem, oh, Jerusalem. And all Judea and Samaria, Samaria, oh, there are a lot of half-bred Mongols there. Yes, in Samaria and the ends of the earth. That's our call. Wouldn't it be wonderful from this congregation if men and women went out, not just send money out, not just pray out, but you went. Take your career, take your life and go to the ends of the earth because this is the greatest thing that in the life is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Nothing matters but that. Now, you know, John doesn't want you all to go, but... <laughs> but that's what it's about. You shall be my witnesses. Not where we have a little nice house group. Great. But it's all with a purpose, that you should be my witnesses. Now, I know, I join with you. I, my light r- runs very low at times. Very low, and dim is the pr- operative word. Let me close. When I was in Edinburgh, I used to be a, go to a changing room at, down at Cray Lockett. And on the wall was a picture of a man called Eric Liddell, who became famous out of Scotland through the making of the film, The Chariots of Fire. Eric Liddell was a national hero. He got a a gold medal at the Olympics, played for Scotland at rugby, and he was a, a hero. But he was a committed, born again Christian, and he had a vision for the ends of the earth. And God called him to spend his life in China. And he died in a prisoner walk up in China. Read his life story. It's, even his China, time in China is just wonderful. But the thing, the thing that struck me, when he left Waverley Station, I've been there many times, he wound the window down. He didn't wind them down. He had a leather strap, didn't he? He dropped it. And, and he got them all. Thousands came to see him off. And he got them to sing that great hymn by Isaac Watts. Jesus shall reign where'er the sun doth its successive journeys run. His kingdom stretch from shore to shore till moon shall wax and win. And they all sang. That's it. He had a vision, not just for his street, not just for his town, but for the ends of the earth. Jesus, you shall be my witnesses. That's what it's about. You and your small con, you're meant to be a light to shine. You may have gone out. Well, you need to be relit again. <laughs> Come before the Lord. Plead with him. Give him no rest. If you've been evil now to give good gifts, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit? My friend, he hasn't finished with you yet. All right? Psalm 85 says, Restore us again, O Lord. Revive us again. Why? That there may be glory in the land. Don't you want that? I do. All right? All the people said? Amen. Amen.